once again to Two Girls in a Pod. I'm Sharon. I'm Christy. And today we are super, super excited to have a guest on. Her name is Charlene Atencio Sierra. Everybody knows her as Char. We talked about this being our Halloween episode, so we're really excited about that because back home where I'm from, and you know, I've talked on the podcast about being from the San Luis Valley. Well, I'm from a tiny town down north, and so we have an infamous house there. We think it's infamous anyway, and we call it the Atencio House, and Char is grew up in this home, so we asked her on today to kind of just talk to us about what that experience was like growing up in that house where it started and kind of some of the stuff, you know, as we fast forward to today, what kind of stuff continues to happen there. So welcome, Char. It's good to have you on. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I think everybody always gets excited, you know, especially being from the Valley to hear kind of the stories. And and a lot of people don't have those firsthand stories they've heard, you know, through the grapevine or, you know, whatever like that. So we're super excited to have you on today. So let's talk a little bit about that. What was that experience like for you? Give us a little bit of background if you could. Well, it was pretty rough because we never knew when it was always something on a daily basis but we never knew when it was going to happen when an entity would appear or move something or do whatever it felt it wanted to do let's say for example one morning my mom was making breakfast and she was toasting bread but she was buttering her bread as she put the knife down her top toes flew off and oh i would say about 10 feet behind the stove. And we all just kind of freaked out watching the toast fly from the kitchen table to the back of the stove. Wow. About how old were you at that time? Do you remember? Oh, maybe it was about 11, 12 at that time. Wow. Okay. So I still remember it really vivid. I mean, how often is the toast going to (laughs) fly? Exactly. If it's not being, you know, one of your siblings throwing it at you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but there was only three of us in the kitchen. My mom, myself, and one of my other sisters. I just don't understand. I Sometimes I watch horror movies, and I see people walking around with their lights off, and I'm like, really? Turn your lights on. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I could never understand why my mom never had nightlights for us. Or to have a nightlight somewhere so we could see what was moving around and shuffling around. Because there was times the entities would just walk or move or shuffle. Or sometimes they would sit on the bed with us and growl or try to communicate. They'd whisper to us and we'd get further and further under the blanket. Sometimes it was so hot under the blankets we needed to come up for air. Yeah. But we were frightened. And so, like, in the back room, there were two beds. Two sisters slept in one bed, and other two sisters slept in another bed. But on my headboard, because back then we don't have, like, a light switch. Mm -hmm. We had a string coming down from the light fixture, and we would tie another string to tie it to the headboard so that... We could hit it, and it would turn the light on or off. Okay. Right. And we always made sure 
that it was tied because we never knew when we would just need the lights on. Yeah. It was awful. It was too hard. And still, still right now, I find myself not ever wanting to sleep in the dark. I put a sinus thing on my nose the other night. Uh-huh. I heated it up and I put it on the, in the microwave and heated it up and I put it on my face to sleep with it for a little while. But my mind kept saying, it's dark in here, it's dark in here, it's dark in here. I had to take it off. I couldn't use it. And I think that's what's interesting is, you know, oftentimes when I talk to people, how much of them fear the dark? And part of it is, is because if I'm in the dark, I don't know what's in the dark with me. So that desire to have the light on, if, if even if it's something scary, if I can see it, somehow we feel like, I don't know, stronger or I know my exit. I don't know what that is, but I think that often happens. In a little adobe house, they used to have narrow doors. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the entities would stand right at the doorway. And I knew I didn't have a way out. I was blocked in. So the light, if I would turn on the light, I would see it wasn't there. I'd turn off the light, and it was still standing there. I'd turn on the light, and it wasn't there. But sometimes in the light, the entity would throw things at us. So, Char, when you talk about this entity, what did you see? Well, there was... Way more than one. (laughs) Okay. Sometimes they were like little sprites. Okay. Sometimes they were like flying colored sprites, like little fairy sprites. Okay. And then sometimes they were little, what we called in Spanish, duendes. And they would crawl up and down and run on you or run on the walls or run on the ceiling. So try to explain a duende to people the best that you can. <laughs> the best way that I could is a troll. Okay. But they didn't have beards. They have little tails. <laughs> well, so people don't think I'm sure, but that's what we experienced. Well, and you know, one of the things we talked about when we were doing this episode, this two-part series, was that to remember, for the people to remember, these are just experiences that we can only talk about the experiences you have or you can only talk about what it is, what it's not, is not what we're talking about, but it's that experience. And then what that experience did for to you or for you. Do you see what I mean? Right. Because I know even for you, it wasn't just your family who experienced a lot of these things. I know that we've been over to your home and then we talk with you about it and it's like, there's just a weird energy about that home. Look how subtle it was sometimes. Yes. Um, some people went over to the house to go ghost hunting. Uh-huh. They came back to me and told me, well, we didn't see anything. I said, you didn't see anything? So no, we turned on the lights and we had to look around, but we didn't see anything. I'm like, well, but you did see something. And they said, we really didn't. I said, Number one, you turned on the lights. Number two, there is no electricity in that house. (laughs) Okay, that would do it right there. Right. Yeah, so you did see something. They called you in like the spider calls the fly. They let you in, and they're like, wow, really? There's no electricity in that? Well, will you go back with us? No. (laughs) Come on, let's go back with us. We want to check it out. So I went back with them. They flipped the switches and there was no light. 
I told him, see, there's no electricity. We turned the electricity up a long time ago. Well, you know, I know that we were a little surprised when we told you that Christy Alice and I had driven around your house that one day. It was in the middle of the day because, you know, we're braver during the day with your house. And we told you about the people we saw there, the woman in the window, and we could see her cooking because we could see the steam coming up. And she was wearing like a... I'm, I'm not sure. I can't remember what she was, was wearing. Apron. But it, yeah, like an apron or something. But I remember that we could see her. It looked like she was cooking and how it looked like something was strung across in the kitchen that, for lack of a better explanation, looked like paper doll clothes hanging up there. <laughs> it yeah. was, and there were, and then the two little kids that were sitting outside. And I thought it was very strange because, you know, kids by nature are curious, but they never looked up. No, they kept right on playing. Like we didn't exist. And then this man comes walking towards the car and is wearing like, Looks like old coveralls. Um, from filling station. Yeah. And of course, like any smart people, we screamed and we left. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember when we talked to you, we were sort of like, who on earth would rent your house? You know, and you're there like, what do you mean? Or they're like, who would rent your house? And you, know, you asked us the time period. And then when you told us that the house was boarded up and had been boarded up for years, we were like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, look at Pato. Mm-hmm. A.K.A. John, he went to, I asked him, I was at work and I called him up and I said, will you go check on Gene? He was trying to clear out this one tree that fell because mm-hmm. it had been a really bad windstorm. But he went to my mother's house and he went inside, looked around, looked for Gene, he couldn't find him. Then he came back to talk to me and he said, well, I've been in the house and it looks really nice. Your mom's house looks really nice. I said, which house did you go to? He said, I went to your mom's house. Isn't that where you wanted me to go to? I said, no, to mine. And he says, well, they, who, is somebody moving in there? He says, they, there's new furniture and new flooring and there's somebody getting ready to move in. I'm like, no, really? It looked like that too? He says, oh yeah, look really nice. The, the walls are painted and everything. I tell him, let's go. I'll show you. We went in, and he says, oh, my God, what the hell? Mm-hmm. What did I walk into? I said, our time warped. You know, whatever that is, that is the most, it is such a weird experience to be at that home in particular because you're right, it's little subtle things that people don't understand. When Christy Sandra and I were there and you had let us go and we were taking pictures and, you know, we were all going right in a row taking these pictures. And then when we looked at them, you know, cause it was like October when we went and only on my film were there little blue flowers. There wasn't wow. on the other ones. And now they're like, wait, how does this even happen? And then we would try to take pictures because that little piece of the wood was broken out. And we asked you, can we at least take pictures in there? And you go, yeah, sure. But as soon as we would put our cameras in, they would die we could pull them out and they would work but we weren't it was like the house was saying no you're not allowed to take a picture in here or something it was just very weird the energy there is very weird and for people to understand this this was you know a lot of people like ghost hunting a lot of people like this but for you a lot of this really terrorized your family yes because what i'm talking about right now are the subtle ones mm-hmm. but there were the monster ones so talk a little bit about those I don't know if people know what a doppelganger is. It's an entity that can look like 
you. Mm-hmm. And you can be standing side by side. There's one that looks just like you. Yes. Let's say this one that happened to my dad. My dad was in the front room and he was looking in the mirror. And behind him, he saw another one of him. And he stood there watching this one, watching him. My dad didn't dare move, but he watched it. And all of a sudden, the, the doppelganger behind him winked at him. And my dad turned around, walked out of the house since I was alone in the house. Mm-hmm. Or one night, when I lived in Chico Drive, my son Julian, he was a naughty young middle school kid. Mm-hmm. He went to the basketball game, but he never came home. It was midnight, and he didn't come home. I'm like, man, where is he? And I thought, well, I'll go through town to see if I can see them in town somewhere. Well, I'm going to go bring him home. Well, I went to town looking for him. And then I thought, well, maybe he's over at Mom's. Maybe he didn't dare walk all the way up by himself to Chico Drive. Maybe he's over at Mom's. Mm-hmm. My mom and dad never locked their front door. Don't ask me why, but it, it was safe back then, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I drove up, and I knew not to turn off my car. It was an understanding. You don't turn off the cars, and you don't turn off the lights. I turned on to my mom's driveway, and I ran up to the steps. But just as I ran up the steps, my dad met me. The door was closed, but we had a window in the doorway. He met me at the window. And I'm like, what? He doesn't let me in. I'm like, Dad, move. Let me in. He wouldn't. I'm like, Dad, Dad, what's wrong with you? And he was just smiling, and then he waved to me. I'm like, I'm starting to get uneasy here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Dad, Dad, I'm looking for Julian. Is he here? And I'm getting more more uneasy, and I yell, Mom, Mom. She would come to the door, and I remember putting my forehead on the window pane, and it was cool. I can still feel it cool. And my dad put his forehead in the window pane and he looked up at me i'm like oh my god is this my dad so i tried the door again but he wouldn't move and i stepped a little back and he puts his head back and he laughs and i'll tell you what i ran back to my car so quick so fast i didn't waste any time getting out of that property because what i saw when my dad put his head back and laugh. My dad was not a laughing man anyway, but this one had teeth. My dad had no teeth. Oh, wow. And the fear, the uneasiness, the quietness, but yet you could hear the wind kind of rustling dry leaves. And and I was afraid it was going to open the door and run out after me. And I was trying to get to my door so quickly And I regretted that I had to go around the door instead of going straight to the door because I parked the passenger side towards the door. Oh, shoot. (laughs) And, man, I didn't dare look around me. I didn't dare look towards a lot of questions. I didn't dare look anywhere but down to the driver's seat of the car. And I wanted to cry when I finally left the property. Go ahead. It's interesting that you talk about that because I remember my brother Bill, one time he said that they had 
they had gone up for wood and we had some extra wood. And so my dad told my brother Bill to run it over to you guys just to give you what was ever left. And he goes, okay. So he said he goes over there and he starts unloading the wood. And he looks up and he can see your dad in the kitchen. Yeah, and yeah, so he waves at your dad and your dad waves back. And he just kind of keeps unloading his wood. Well, then he could hear something coming up the, you know, that alley from, uh, you know, by Jack. Yeah. He said, he turns around and looks and there's your dad walking up the road. And then he looks, he looks in the kitchen window and there's your dad in the kitchen window. He said he never unloaded a truck of wood so fast. (laughs) And he was out of there. He goes that your dad walking up the road wanted, was going to go talk to him. He didn't even care because he didn't know who was who. And he said oh, yeah. it just had a very, you know, just that scary feeling. Because how do you see two people? So it's not like it's just your family who sees this and has experienced no. this. Other people within the community have really uh, reported a lot of just really strange and bizarre things that you're at that home. Well, like, it has a re- reputation. Mm-hmm. I opened the house for a Halloween night, and I didn't even have to put props didn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. 250 showed up, and they were from all over the valley. They weren't just Del Mar. Mm-hmm. They were out-of-state kids. There was people from La Era. Mm-hmm. And they told me they had heard about the house, and they were all excited to go in. And yet, that 250 were kind of scared. I mean, there was a whole big number, and they were afraid of the house. Mm-hmm. And I didn't give them a flashlight to go in. I gave them a candle. Because the candle always casts shadows. Mm-hmm. And when my grandma used to have candles, we'd see shadows. But they were like little creatures dancing on the wall. Mm. And they were, look at what happened to my brother, Paul. He was a drawer. He was real artistic. He's artistic. Mm-hmm. And this one night, everybody was in bed and he stayed up. But in their bedroom was a pot belly stove. And... He knew something was up, and he, he could feel, I don't know what it is that you could feel. You can feel another presence. Is it like cold breeze? Mm-hmm. Is it just the feeling that somebody's standing there watching you? You know there's something there. So he got away from his desk, went and laid down, covered himself quietly. Just then a piece of wood fell into the, and the cinders kind of uh, drifted up and a voice came out of the drift of the cinders and said, ha ha, I see you. Mm. And where did we run? Where could we run? To mom and dad's? Mom and dad were experiencing things themselves, you know? Yeah. Where did we run from that creature that kind of was threatening? I see you. Yeah. Kind of taunting kind of more of that taunting of you guys. It was taunting and it was personal. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't say it to the other boys in the room. He said it to Paul. Straight to Paul. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes we saw a werewolf. It came to the door. My kids were little. Julian still remembers seeing the werewolf. Back then they didn't have the contacts, the eye contact. Mm-hmm. The way they do now, where you can yeah. change. And and this was a full werewolf. And he knocked on the door. My dad answered it. It didn't say anything. It didn't attack us. 
it didn't growl. It just used its index finger to call my dad outside. And it was slowly moving its index finger to my dad. And it took another step down from the steps. And my dad got closer to the door and we're like, no, no. But it was leading my dad to the lilac bushes. And we always said the lilac bushes was a doorway to something. Mm-hmm. Whether it's another dimension or another time, I don't know. But this creature was leading my dad to someplace. And we all get, went outside and I yelled at him, Dad, don't go. Don't follow him. And it went in between the lilac bushes. And everybody knows we do not go in between that lilac bushes. There's the doorway. Mm-hmm. And my dad came running back, locked the doors. They never locked the doors, but he came running back and locked the doors. Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, it was just your Uncle Lewis. I'm like, sure it was. How come he didn't come back and reveal himself? Right. Uncle Lewis could never wear contacts like that. He was an old man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or wear the nails, Yeah. the big brown nails like that on the hands. Wow. That happened to us. And I've got a picture of a werewolf Sasquatch thing looking from the trees at my mother's house. Oh, wow. I do. I have that picture. I took it. I didn't know it was there, but when I looked at it, it's standing there. Were there other incidences near the lilac bushes that that gave you guys reason to think about that being a portal or doorway? Well... There was always old, old coins. Mm. There was jewelry. My aunt saw a beautiful ruby bracelet. She said it was beautiful. She bent down to pick it up and it disappeared on her. She she said it disappeared. Hmm. Some of my family members have coins that don't even have dates. They're just old, old coins. Oh, wow. wow. There was necklaces hanging from the lilac bushes, and it was a pearl necklace. I have that necklace. Oh, wow. My mom is the one that reached up and got the necklace. It didn't disappear, but I still have that necklace, and it's a round pearl. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Increased. That's interesting. There was so much. I mean, it was almost on a daily basis. It was just a lot. A lot, all the time. Listening might think, well, hey, that's pretty cool. You find coins and stuff like that. But it's hard for people to understand the feel that comes with that. And I think sometimes even with those things, you people might say, well, why did they take them? Because I think there's a part of you that wants to, that this is real. It's not going to disappear because when it does disappear, then it's like, what's going on with me? I think there's such a a mindset that goes to that. You know what I mean? But actually finding right. something tangible would yeah. probably feel like you feel validated in what you're seeing. Exactly. But in, and once again, letting people know this was not all fun and games for you. This was not all about just that. I know, you know, that, you know, when you talk about being afraid of the dark and, and that's not just you. I mean, your family experienced this together. And well, look at me. I moved to this new house. We, and I still always hope nothing ever shows up here mm-hmm. because I want to live at peace. Nice. I want to know what it's like to take a shower in the house alone 
and not peek out of the shower curtain because you feel somebody in the bathroom with you. Exactly. I want to know what it's like to to be in that house and not hear footsteps or hear a door close or a dish fall or somebody laughing or the radio or TV turning on by itself. Or you, like, for example, one time I was talking to my sister Della on the phone and I was the only one in the house. But in the back room, I could hear them pulling heavy boxes. They were tugging and pulling heavy boxes. And all I had to do is tell my sister, there's something in here, I gotta go. She knew, we knew. Mm -hmm. There was always a knowing and understanding that you don't stay in that house alone. We never tried to ever be alone there. One time I, I wasn't alone, but I came home from school with a really bad headache and I went to lay on my bed, but I was laying on my stomach. My mom was in the kitchen getting the meal ready and I was laying on my stomach and my shoes, my feet were not quite on the bed, half on, half off. I felt something very strong grab my ankles and it's so fast. I don't know how to explain it. it I mean, he, whatever it was, I say he grabbed my ankles so tight and so hard and so strong that even though I tried to fight it and do a struggle, it yanked me so hard and knocked me to the floor where I bit my tongue and I hit the corner of my left eye. Mm -hmm. And I turned around quickly to scramble, to get to the door, to run to my mom, but it felt like I couldn't move fast enough. And all I can do is try to yell, yell, and it doesn't sound like I'm yelling, but my mom comes running in, and she says, what's wrong? And all I can do is weep and cry, because I know that thing that yanked me from the ankles is still standing there. But we don't see it, but my mom doesn't see it, but I know it's there. And it's laughing at me. It intended to hurt me. Yeah. My sister used to sleep at the edge, and one entity leaned over and whispered in her ear, am I the one you want? He whispered it to her. Mm. And she jumped up from bed, and she said, sure, sure, wake up. And I woke up, and I said, what's the matter? She said, something something I think was trying to follow me. We slept with the light on all night. Yeah. Yeah. And people know that you experience stuff and they come to you quietly and tell you their stories mm -hmm. because they have hopes that you don't make fun of them. Mm -hmm. And there was a lady that came. I was at the bingo and she came and sat across me and she said, I'm going to tell you my story and I said okay and she was telling me her story but as she was telling me her story her voice changed to that of a male voice and one of the ladies that was sitting by me got up and went to the bathroom and I didn't know what to do like this woman's talking to me like a man and I wanted to rebuke her and she ended her story and her voice came back to normal and I told her that was kind of spooky I told her <laughs> I'm especially, sure. Especially when your voice turned to a man and she said, What? She got upset with me. She didn't hear herself, but I heard her. Oh, wow. And 
when the lady came back from the bathroom and she said, did I hear what I think I heard? Like, what did you hear? She, she's talking like a man. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. I think that sometimes people don't understand that when these things happen, people think it's, you know, I always tell people, don't mess with what you don't understand. Have respect for it. And it's not a joke because people really live and experience these things that mess with them because mentally it messes with people because then it's, what do I trust? What do I not trust? There's just so much stuff that goes on with it. And, you know, in our last episode, that's one of the things I said, every time a client came to me and said, Sharon, I want to tell you something, but I don't want you to think I'm crazy. I knew it was about something that was more what we would call paranormal or something unexplained because they they want validation. They want to share that story because they sometimes they just hold it in and it just, it just stays there. You know, and I tell people, you can tell me whatever you want to tell me. I'm not going to judge you. I, there are things in my life I can't explain. And, you know, it is what it is. But we don't know it and we shouldn't mess with stuff, but we should be respectful of what's well, going it, on. You know, it makes you emotionally, when you lived it too long, Mm-hmm. A lot of my family members have anxiety. Well, yeah. You know, a lot of us don't sleep all night long. We wake up very early in the morning. Mm-hmm. You don't. I don't know what it's like to sleep till eight o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to. Exactly. I wake up through the night. I have anxious thoughts and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, but when I'm awake by myself, I'm looking around. And sometimes I'll ask you, what was that noise? So I didn't hear anything, but I heard it. Mm-hmm. And, and I can see that out of our 10 brothers and sisters, we're not, well, we're not. Yeah. And we're not crazy, but we're not. Well, I imagine there is anxiety and that thing of what's going to happen next, all those things that would come with that, especially... Like you said, when it's a sustained thing versus if it's something that happens one time, you might have a curiosity about it or whatever. But when it happens all the time and it becomes the norm, when you know it's not the norm, do you know what I mean? But you wonder if it follows or it's a a generational thing. I don't know. I know that my niece told me I'm looking for a place to stay for Christmas. And I tell her, well, my house is open. You can stay there. Nobody's renting it. My house. On she go. She giggles. She says, no offense, auntie, but no thank you. <laughs> <laughs> See, even the, the grandchildren and the nieces and nephews, they know. And they're not. They're not going to stay there. Has Jean or any of uh, your siblings' spouses, have they experienced anything? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. In the house or in their own home? Both. Both. Well, a couple of weeks ago, my sister Janet lives here in Alamosa, and she went home for lunch. I know this is a weird one, but she went and unlocked her front door to go in, but something was holding the door and wouldn't let her in. And she said, she took the keys out and had them in her house, in her hands, and still trying to get in, they grabbed the keys from her. 
And she then slammed the door on me. And the keys were in the house. But the car keys were in the house. And Mm. she didn't know what to do. Luckily, she had her phone in her hand. But at that point, the door opened. Hmm. And she quietly went in. And her keys were strung around the front room. Hmm. And she took a picture of her keychain, broken, and she sent it to me. And she says, look what it did to my keys. And it broke her keys and her keychain. Wow. wow. My other sister hears talking in her hallway. Hmm. And she can hear him. My brother Ed, same thing. My brother Paul saw people in the mirror. And he looked back behind him to see who was behind him. And there was nobody. So all of us in our own home have experienced stuff. But what about your spouses? Oh, them too. What about like Jean? Jean used to believe, huh? What about like Jean? Well, Jean didn't used to believe. Mm -hmm. And one time he was waiting for me outside and it was already dusk. And I was inside my mom's house. At that point, from the lilac bushes, somebody threw a couple of rocks at him and they landed close to him and landed, bounced and rolled towards his feet. That was a no, he ran in the house. <laughs> so I'm not waiting for you outside. <laughs> I don't blame him. And so one time he was waiting for us. I went to pick up the kids from school he got home early from the mill, and I told him, just wait for me down months. Oh, he said, somebody, I was sitting down on the couch. He said, somebody was in the kitchen. He said, they were walking towards me. They were walking towards the front room. And he took, he hightailed it out of there, too. See, he never had any experience like that. Now, the, the Ghostbusters came, the Taps guys, mm-hmm. from Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that took that video of the shadow people. Oh, okay. Okay. And uh, they were interviewing me, and out of the wall comes an entity. And it's in the video, but he walks right back into the wall. Oh, my goodness. And I listened to their tape recording, and I heard one entity ask one of the ghost hunters, Hey, buddy, do you have a smoke? Oh, my goodness. Mm. And my brother, Randy, he was home alone and yet showered. But he was in the dining room, and there was an entity that appeared to him. And this entity was a mean one. And he said he was half human, half hairy beast, whatever. He said, I can't explain it. And the entity was telling Randy that he was going to kill him. Mm. And he says, let me get my hands on you, you mother effer, and I'll kill you. And he was yelling and screaming at him, real nervous, like, and my brother said, I felt frozen, sir. I couldn't get out. And he said, I'd kill you, but here they come. And he says, just then I saw mom and dad driving to the yard. And it released me, and I was able to, to run outside, and I didn't. I cried and told mom and dad. And I I couldn't rest for a week, he said. I was scared or longer because I was just scared for it to come back and torture me or try to kill me at night I when bet, I was asleep. 
I bet all of you lost a lot of sleep at night when you were kids. Oh, we did. Mm. We did. And Randy was a junior in high school then. Well, and like I said, there's so much. And, you know, we had told you about when Christy's mom and brother were down visiting, they wanted to go to your home. So we said, okay. And this one, we took them a couple of times, but this one time we took them, it was night. So it was was snowy. You know, it was uh, around the holiday time. And they said about taking pictures. And I told them, I said, I'll take, I'm not, I'll put my camera there and I will take pictures, but I'm not going to look. I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to do any of that because I have a healthy respect for that home. Okay. So we take pictures and then when we get home, we're looking at the pictures and we were telling you there were these lights and this is me, stupid me. I'm there like, why on earth would Char decorate the house for Christmas? And they're all looking at me as though I'm stupid. And I'm waiting. They're like, wait a minute. But when you looked at it, the lights had no, they didn't start anywhere. They were just like floating in the air in these weird patterns. And they were little. Looked like little tiny dash lines all strung together. And it was not on the house. It went up into the air. It was like in the front yard. It started in your front yard and they just went up in the air and, and they didn't go anywhere. They didn't, it was just very weird. (laughs) And then we took them again during the day. And, and that's, and, and we told you about this where to let people know you come in and it's like a circle drive kind of thing. You can go up and around it to the main road. And so we were there and we were all taking pictures and then went up and around. And where that back door is, Christy's mom took a picture and we're, we're looking for that picture for you. But in her picture, there are two little girls standing back there. They're not complete because they don't have legs like. It's it's like seeing them in a mist, kind of, but they have, yes. um, looks like banana curls in their hair. And it's, oh, wow. one's a little taller, one's a little shorter. Yeah. And then even the day that we went and with uh, Sis and we and, and those people came out, we were going around, you know, it's a dirt road. It's dirt, so you can't go real fast or you're going to spin. And as we come around the back, we're thinking, why on earth those people have that giant, it was jet black. It looked almost like a German Shepherd kind of, but it was bigger than a German shepherd just sitting back door. But they're like, well, why would they have that giant statue there? Because that's what it looked like. But then the eyes started to follow us as we went in the head. And no, we're there like, we're out of here. Because it was just, it was just extremely bizarre. Wow. And I didn't tell you this, but once again, it was uh, Christy, Alice and I, I don't know why we were always on these adventures. But we, we were just driving through town and we're there like, ah, let's just swing by. It's daytime. You know, we're a little braver in the daytime. No lie, Char. We come in and, you know, as you come in, the corner of your house, we're looking and it looks like somebody's like dug a hole because we can see like where the hole's in the corner of your house and then the dirt's piled around. And we're thinking, well, what what is there like something broken? Is there I mean, we were just like we didn't understand it, but then it, it wasn't real. Do you see what I mean? So it's so hard to know at your house what is real and what is not real. And But once again, it's one of those things that I know for your family, it's it's been a very traumatic experience. It's not fun and games. It's not something, this was something that really impacted your entire family. And I know it impacts people who go there and have these experiences. They have a healthy fear of... It's fear of that unknown. It's fear of what goes on in there that is unexplainable. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and for you guys, I can't imagine what that's like to to have that experience, to live through that experience. 
And you're right. All of you, because of that experience, there has to be anxiety around a lot of different things. Well, us living it every day, I can't even explain to you. I should have brought me a drop of water at this drink. I can't explain what it was. Mm-hmm. Even though we saw it every day, it wasn't the same thing. It didn't act the same all the time. So there was no rationality mm-hmm. to what was happening. All I know is there was times we all saw it together, or there was times where we saw, heard things alone or with other people. Let's say Kevin Atencio went to pick up my brother Ben for their prom, and there was always a woman screaming. I don't know why she's, she was a screamer, but Kevin and his date went to pick up my brother Ben and his date, but they got down. And just as they got to the door, the, this female screamed. And she screams as if like they're killing her. Mm. And they ran into the door. And he slid under the table. And he was terrified. Well, yeah. And yes, we have to help him. Can't explain it. But tell them, you're going to be all right. But yet, you don't even know if you're all right. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do you think that the the entities that you experienced, do you think it was separate entities or do you think it was just present, it was the same one presenting as something different each time? No, they were different. Mm, okay. No, they, the little, the two little girls that you saw mm-hmm. were two. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was, I don't know if that explains what I mean. They were not the same entity. Exactly. Okay. okay. And Jean and I were driving to mom's, past mom's house, where we saw a redhead boy wearing overalls or pajamas, mm-hmm. overalls. I think that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. And the little girl was dressed like sunbonnet too. Huh. And she had curls in her hair with a, a barrette pulling one side of her hair over. And they were taunting us around the trees, and they would put their hands on their mouth and, and point at us and giggle, giggle, giggle. And Jean asked me, Char, are they real? And I said, really, Jean? Do you know who those kids are? He said, no. I said, is the house empty? Yes. Well, why would these kids dress like that be in our yard? Right. How can they be real? And that's the thing, you know, and Char, like I said, so many people have experienced things. People who don't know, even have a history of this house, don't know anything about right. this house, have had those kind of experiences. And so for me, there is so much more validity to it, you know, and it's whether it's you or any of your family members, your parents, the stories remain the same. It's not and. You know, and I even know for you, sometimes it's really hard to talk about this because I know it has to create a lot of feeling in you even today. And I, I appreciate that you you came on and you talked about this because one of the things on our podcast is it's life's journey and everything in between. And, you know, this is that kind of in between these things that we experience that help shape our lives because we talk about the mental health piece of it. 
and how it, it shapes our mental health. It shapes our view of how we see the world today. And you're right, you know, for you, something as simple as what other people experience to be able to sleep through a night, wake up at eight o'clock and get through the night and say, yes, this was a good night. So knowing that struggle for you, I appreciate it even more, you know, you talking about it, because I know this isn't always easy for you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We'll keep putting out there that, that at some point you do get to have that night's sleep and that there's that sense of normalcy, whatever that normalcy means, because that's a loaded thing. A sense of peace. Yes. And I think that's more what it is, 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 is wanting for you that sense of peace in your mind. You know what I mean? To, right. And, you know, I don't know. I think sometimes people say, well, maybe if you know what it is, if there's some closure to it, but I don't, I don't know if that's always the case. You know what I mean? Because knowing something doesn't take away the experience that you had. But that's the question. How will you ever know? Exactly. Because, you know, it's been how many years and nobody knows. And this is how many years and this stuff has been relevant for that many years. It's not like it's going to go away. And, you know, this this real quick question before we leave. So I think people would be listening and saying, OK, well, why don't you just take down the house? Why don't you just tear it down? Do people usually ask that? Or, I mean, has anybody asked you that? Always. Yeah. This is a weird answer. Okay. We called in some people sometime ago. Mm -hmm. And they told us, I know it's weird. I hate to go there, but I'm going to say it. Mm -hmm. That there was treasure buried back down around in that property. Mm -hmm. Now, when the ground sunk, it pulled my brother Ben in. And we held him to keep from getting taken through the ground. What we found that pulled him in was loose dirt after all these years. There is so many places in that yard that barrels are buried in. And so we're like, do we dig for this treasure? And obviously we're leaving it alone because... They said hauntings usually happen when there's treasures. But I don't believe that. Mm-hmm. I, on a personal belief, that there's a portal. I believe in other dimensions. I believe there's God in one dimension well, and human beings in another dimension. And you know, Char, I think what we talked about before, we don't have to have the answers because we are not, I, I don't think we will, but it's about the experience. And you're right, sharing that experience and then getting other people. And I know throughout the years, other people have shared their experiences with you. And maybe that's part of what this journey is, Shar, is that other people being able to come to you, share those experiences so that they don't feel like they're alone. You know what I mean? And I think that's the beauty of this, because sometimes we don't know how that plays out. But I do know a lot of people have done that. You're right. I don't think there are answers. But... Once again, we so appreciate you coming on today, taking the time to share this stuff. And hopefully it just gives everybody else the courage to have a voice. And we thank you so much. We know Halloween is coming. So we know I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people driving around that house and trying to have that experience and stuff. But 
Once again, Sharp, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, we appreciate your, your stories. We appreciate your honesty around everything that has gone on. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much.